Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Join us every weekday at this time to discuss news, spend time in the Word, and receive answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Good morning. We, uh, this is going to be broadcast uh, the last uh, week of September. Uh, this is now Monday. We're starting a new series. Uh, called, which I'm so excited about. <laughs> yeah, which is, uh, it's on prayer, but we call it prayer connecting to the life of the Spirit. And we purposely uh, phrase it that way mm-hmm. because we're going to help everybody, including uh, uh, you and I, to keep learning more about this. Of Yes. Uh, it's not... Uh, really absent of the life that we have available to us and guess what that Holy Spirit is within us so it's really Mm -hmm. it's really something much more broader than you think uh, about prayer and as you and I know uh, and we and we've had this issue of um, people are really confused about this uh, right about prayer and what is it and and uh uh, and generally, let me just set it up, and then you and I can talk about this, is in a sense, people, <laughs> the way they function and the way that they think of it is, well, my prayer is asking, mm-hmm. you know, and they, and they include, well, sometimes I need to be thankful and I need to be, uh, you know, uh, uh, praising God. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's usually just getting to the request piece of it. Right. Um, and the request is really um, around anything in my life that I'm going to go to God to, and I'm going to talk to God, and I'm going to say, God, would you? Mm-hmm. And usually the would you is is what I've already decided is a good outcome of right. this thing that I need. And usually it's around you know issues and conflict and uh, decisions and things I'm not sure about. Um, so, so when you say to like a group of people in a church, you know, uh, let's gather and pray, uh, you know, what is, what is your prayer? Um, and their prayers are, God, would you? Mm-hmm. You know, do this, 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 and this. Um, and then it's interesting is it's, it's almost like this way is, okay, I prayed to him to ask him to do what I wanted him to do. Mm-hmm. And then I say to him in a sense, I'll see you the next time that I decide to do this, which right. may be tomorrow, but uh, or maybe next week, or maybe a while. Um, and and now I, all I'm going to do is wait and observe mm-hmm. your answer to my prayer. Right? Uh, would you? And I'll see your answer when I see the outcome. Okay. So here's here's mm-hmm. and this is what people say. Um, I pray, and how does God answer prayers? Well, it's kind of simple. Yes, no, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you'll see it happen. No, you won't see it happen. Maybe it possibly may happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it isn't over. And boy, over if end. that was a conversation with a friend, how boring would that be? Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, um, 
really what I've done is, uh, and this is why prayer is so misunderstood, is um, if you look at what, what, what it oper- how it operates, mm-hmm. really what I'm saying is I'm actually in charge of my life. Mm-hmm. I've decided what I want to do with my life and how I want things resolved. I do know you're greater than me. I do. I, I've accepted Christ, and I do understand you're omniscient, omnipotent, and, and omnipresent, and you're all-powerful. Uh, I mm-hmm. do know that. Um, I'm going to ask you to do what I think is a good idea. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'll know if you agree. I mean, th- think about how this works. Right, right. By you saying yes, no, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, yes. Now I disagree with that no. Now, by the way, I don't know the no mm-hmm. until when. It doesn't happen. Right, right. Um, and the maybe is, I guess, I should just keep asking or I should wait further. Maybe right. maybe the not happening yet will turn into a yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I'll do that by circumstance. Okay, now, um, that's how I approach it. Generally speaking... And, and if I ask people this, and I do ask people this, I said, okay, you approach it that way. And I said, let's just take the yes and the no's mm-hmm. as, how, as how you defined it. Tell me your experience with that. Right. If you, if you could take you know, a, a rating of percentage uh, out of 100, what would you say? And they generally say, usually it's around... Anywhere from zero to ten to fifteen percent is yes, mm-hmm. and it's eighty-five percent no. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I say, well, how do you think about that? What do you think about that? I guess I'm not good enough mm. to to have God answer those prayers, or God isn't that good, right? And I thought he was in control. And I thought he wanted to have, you know, and, and I said, I, and mm-hmm. some of them say, I even, I even understand John 10, 10, that God has given, Christ said he's come to give me super abundant life. But I'm not mm-hmm. experiencing that. Uh, so I said, what, what, where does that lead you? Uh, generally speaking, it leads to a, what's called a Christian fatalism. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens, happens. And interesting enough, they even say, I really, I almost stop asking mm-hmm. because I can see so, that the ones that happened probably were going to happen anyway, and it really it's his sovereignty and his control. Uh, so I, I guess I just accept whatever happens, happens, mm-hmm. even though I'm not enjoying life, and life is hard, and life is right. trouble, and I got lots of issues that I never get resolved. But hey, my church said... You got a ticket to heaven, right? And in the world, you're going to have trouble. I know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and I guess it doesn't mean the superabundant life really isn't there. It mean I guess that means when I get to heaven. So uh, yeah, you're going to fail. You're not going to you're not going to enjoy life. But hey, because I'm a sinner, because I'm no I'm not that good. But I do know that because I believe Jesus and I do believe in eternity security, eternal security, I get to go be with Him. Mm-hmm. But my life, and therefore I kind of lose the essence of even having a desire 
to pray much. I'll, I'll do it. Right. Um, and when I'm in a group, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. But I don't really expect much from it. And really what I see um, that piggybacks, actually, I shouldn't even say piggybacks. I believe it's a result of that Christian fatalism often that comes is what I call prayer becomes worrying in God's direction. <laughs> I like and, that. I like I mean, that. Don't we do that, though? We just worry in God's pra- direction. Pra- prayer and, is worrying in God's direction. <laughs> yeah. And so we just dump it all, and we feel like, okay, we're supposed to bring it to him in prayer, so I'm dumping it all at his feet, and then amen, I'm out, and we've left him sitting there without even taking time to listen. And we haven't learned the concept of listening in prayer and that it is a conversation and dialogue with God. And so literally we worry in his direction and say, I'm out, let's go. And then we move on about our day and just assume, eh, well, if he's going to do something about it, he'll do something about it. If not, I prayed, I feel better. You know, and, and all we've done is worried in his direction. Right, right. Um, uh, I was a, uh, you know, in my um, life of walking with God, um, I did get a seminary degree and I did get ordained as a, minute, as a pastor. Um, so I, I had that uh, credential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I w- I've been used uh, by God. Interesting enough, uh, when I first was going to seminary, um, I was coming from being an executive in a Fortune 500 company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought that um, I really needed to dedicate my life to serving God. And to dedicate my life to serving God, I needed to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to seminary. I quit my work, went to seminary. Um, I actually was a pastor. I got a, I got a job as a pastor mm-hmm. before I even had the credential to be a pastor. Uh, they just needed oh, wow. they, they needed somebody. It was a liberal church, uh, not evangelical at all, uh, and they hired me partly because um, uh, they needed somebody quick, mm-hmm. and they didn't want to pay much. Uh, <laughs> so um, they gave me a. Um, I was going to seminary. Uh, it actually was by Wrigley Field in Chicago, Illinois. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, so um, they hired me. They didn't do any evaluation of me at all, and I didn't do any evaluation of them other than, oh, I knew they're liberal, but hey, this is what God's asked me to do is to help convert mm-hmm. people. So it didn't bother me. I already knew what right. they were like, so yeah, no problem. Uh, so um, I go to seminary, and I'm a pastor. Uh, was they they provided a what's called a parsonage, mm-hmm. uh, a place for us to live free, uh, and I got paid three hundred dollars a, w- a month. <laughs> a little stipend. Hey, there how you about go. that? You know, and uh, and so hey, this guy's cheap, and he's a business guy. How bad mm-hmm. can it be? You know, and uh, so I um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to seminary, and I start uh, preaching uh, salvation because mm-hmm. all I knew at that time, I'm young in the my faith couple years I, I I've been in the Bible and I understand the Bible uh, and done Bible study but I, I would say it wasn't you know deep in me at all because I'm just mm-hmm. learning it but I did know salvation you know and my right. mind was was Christ Jesus you know and so I start start preaching this stuff um, the church got upset oh you're kidding yeah oh yeah it's like oh my gosh this guy's a crazy person preaching this Jesus stuff you know and uh, they they came. They were very liberal, apparently. They were very liberal, and they uh, they actually called me in. This is like six months later. Uh, they called me in and uh, and said, uh, "We like what you're doing." And what I had done 
was a church had pretty well dwindled mm-hmm. to like it was a beautiful church by the way a big beautiful church it dwindled to 25 people wow um, because there wasn't anything going on and so I start uh, preaching the word and then what I did is I went and visited all the people who were sick mm-hmm. and I gave them attention which the other guy hadn't done I started right. a youth group and that brought in families and they were excited because we were having a good time at the youth group. So right. in six months, it had already gone from like 25, 30 to 100. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it had grown. So they, so saw, they liked that they part liked of that it. Part. So Just they didn't said, like you talking about this Jesus they, person. That's it, huh? that's it. They said, hey, <laughs> hey we, like, we like what you're doing, uh, but you, you've got to stop talking about Jesus. And, and I, I can, crazy. Rem- I, I can still crazy, remember. Rich. I can still remember sitting in that, con- and I was like, uh, what? <laughs> isn't this a church? Mm-hmm. Yes, isn't this a Christian church? Isn't it a Christian church about Christ? Don't you want me to preach about Jesus? No, we want you to stop preaching about this Jesus stuff. And mm. I, I looked at him and I just said, no. Yeah. I can't I can't do that. I said it's perfectly fine that you fire me. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I am not going to stop preaching Jesus. I can't. Um and if you want to get rid of me, that's okay. I'm okay with that. And they said, "Okay, uh you go out and we'll pro- we're going to talk about it." And, I, and that would have been cool to see what they <laughs> all they said. Mm, uh right? so it's it's like an hour, you know, and I'm out there. I'm just sitting there waiting. To be a fly um, my, on the wall. I, I, thought, nice. <laughs> I thought they were going to tell me, you know, hey, we'll give you another couple of weeks, mm-hmm. you know, while we find somebody else or a month or whatever. They called me back in. They said, okay, we've decided that you can go ahead and keep, <laughs> keep talking <laughs> about Jesus. And actually, uh, because of really what you've been doing, we're going to give you a raise. Um, wow. And I was like, whoa, that was cool. You know? That wasn't the response you expected, right? Uh, so, um, so then I'm going to full-time seminary, and because of the way I did everything in school, I always went fast and extra. You know, So I'm taking a right. three-year course. I'm going to get through it in a year and a half, so it's not taking extra courses. Full-time pastor. Um, all I'm doing is visiting people, preparing, teaching, leading, and giving Sunday services. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm a uh, working all the stuff. I'm a no-time father, no-time husband. I was going to say, do you have kids at this point? Yeah, I have two kids. Okay. Um, and remember, we were coming from an executive lifestyle mm. that was lots of time for each other. Right. Um, and now I'm giving them no time. And mm. Linda's dying. She's dying, literally. I bet. Um, and I said, suck it up. We're working this for God. This is ministry. <laughs> we're, this is ministry. We're working for God. Uh, so this is about you know going into toward the end of the first year. She's getting more and more discouraged, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I get invited to a CBMC or a businessman's lunch um, uh, by another guy, and so I go. Um, and the president of the organization, who is from uh, a different city in, in Illinois, uh, walks up to me and says, God wants me to get to know you. Mm. Um, so uh, you and your wife come and visit me. Okay, sure. Uh, so we go down there, um, and we're sitting there, and he says, okay, tell me about yourself. Uh, I'm a Fortune 500 uh, MBA, Fortune 500 executive. By the way, I'm, I'm only at this time, um, I am only 24 years old. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I graduated with an MBA at 21, and I've already right. been promoted into a senior. Lots of worldly success. Into yes. a fairly senior executive level, but I quit, you know, and hey, look at what I, I gave up. And now mm-hmm. I'm doing this and this and this and this and this for God. Mm-hmm. Um, he leaned, I, I can still picture him, he leans across the table. <laughs> and Linda's sitting there with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, what a bunch of crap. <laughs> and I said, what do, you, what do you mean? He says, not once have I heard you talk about anything about God. Mm. I haven't heard you say anything about your lovely wife and about your kids. He says, mm-hmm. you're working for God, but you don't know God. Mm. Would you like to know God and let me help you? Wow. And Linda says, yes, he would. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Linda. Uh, so, I love Linda. <laughs> so, um, okay. Uh, he said, so you are you willing to learn and spend time mm-hmm. in the Word, and then I'm going to guide you through things that God will help you understand. And this is where I, I learned a little bit about prayer. Um that um, I'm going to help you understand this. So uh, now, is he the one who really taught you abiding? He taught. He was a beginning person that taught me abiding. But, yeah. Uh, because it was about let's see what the word has to the say. The process. Yeah. And then I'm going to apply that word to your personal situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we worked through it, we got led to um, uh, Psalm 37. If you uh, uh, dwell in the land of God and feed on His faithfulness, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, um, I, I, I know something. I've already understood something about you. I would like you to go uh, write down what really thrills you. And what do you see as some of your uh, things that you're really, really good at and that you enjoy doing? Mm-hmm. So I did. And I came back. And, and uh, what was it? He said, I said, I really like business. Mm-hmm. And I'm really good at it. And I really get excited about business. He says, well, then, do you think maybe God wants to give you that desire? Well, no, because mm-hmm. I need to. No. He said, do you understand that ministry is your life, not a program? It's oh, not. A, that's it's not, good. It's not a position. It's who you are. And he mm-hmm. said, and he, he gave me the very beginning of the covenant. He says, God will bless you in your place of his calling. Mm-hmm. And then you'll become a blessing to others as he so decides. And it's all about oh, the pe- that's it's, so good. It's, it's all about the people, not about the uh, position. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, I worked through it, okay. And then he helped me come to a point where, uh, uh, why don't you go back into the business world? Mm-hmm. And then you'll have. He says, you you enjoy your wife, learn to have uh, joy with your wife, uh, learn to have joy with your family, learn to be really good at what you're learning about discerning God's will, and you'll have plenty of chances to give this away and even said hey 25 years later 30 years later you'll probably have a great ministry uh, around this but but you got to receive it first uh and you got to mm. live it up. okay those so, are wise words right so, there <laughs> uh, all right so i went back to the business world and, and had uh, had a great time and beautiful time uh wound up with another fortune 500 company and that was quite exciting uh made a few mistakes uh in there with this is the story and we we shared it in our testimony about we you know we went broke because i did a, f- a couple of foolish things um but we kept staying in business and have joy and we were teaching and uh being part of it well 
we were called. And it's all a process of God growing you and revealing more of himself Absolutely. to you, yeah. even through the difficulties. Yeah. So we're, we're, uh, we're called to, we start a church in Boulder, Colorado, mm-hmm. uh, through a series of God's uh, interesting things. And uh, we start a church called Flatirons Community Church. It's the largest church in the whole West. Uh, wow. In particularly in Colorado, it's like 30,000 people now uh, that started from just Linda and me. Uh, That's from crazy. scratch and started, and then it was like I started. I'm working as a business guy, starting the church. Mm-hmm. A couple of years later, scuffing up, going toward 200 people, um, and God says, uh, "You, you got to either go." You know, I, I believed I had to go full time or or get somebody else. He said, "Yeah, you're mm-hmm. done. Thanks. Um, I'm putting you back into your full time work of business, and uh, go get somebody else. Let let him take it. Okay, great. Uh, well, then." Um, uh, we had uh, one of the things I was doing was having I did consulting. I had clients in Chicago, Illinois. Mm-hmm. We're, we're living in Colorado. I had, had clients in Chicago, Illinois, um, and we were. I was going every month for about a week to be with those clients, um, and I'm spending you know money on hotel bills and all that, which they're paying for, by the way. Um, Linda and I are walking, and we hear God say, uh, "Why don't you go and and buy a condo in Chicago?" It's like, really? Uh, yeah. Um, you're already there. They're already paying for it. Why don't you just translate what they're paying for hotel bills into a payment for a condo? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So we do. We went and buy, the, buy this condo, and it was fabulous. And it was on Lakeshore Drive and uh, 33rd floor overlooking the lake in downtown Chicago, right by the zoo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, the kids, the grandkids, called it 3 3 Oma's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it was so spectacular. And, Aww. uh, and so, uh, and we're now I'm three weeks in Colorado, one week in, uh, Chicago. Um, and we attend, start attending a church. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it was a, a big church in Lincoln park, right, right where we were living. Uh, the pastor was a great preacher and we were just, you know, just relaxing, you know, just, I'm doing business. We've come out of this other church uh, in Colorado. Uh, we'd actually helped in between there. We'd helped another church down in Texas uh, go through mm-hmm. a similar thing. Um, and we get to know people, and we start, you know, understanding the elders and talking to the elders. They knew about me. I actually uh, started doing a monthly teaching for them uh, mm. for young couples. Uh, right. We, and we were doing that. Um, and so uh, we're probably about a year into that. And uh, the pastor uh, commits adultery uh, mm. and is booted out. And it was a mess. He didn't right. want to leave. He, he didn't want to admit it. Um, he was fighting them. They're fighting him. Mm-hmm. Finally, because of governance, the, the church board won and, and booted him out. Um, but it's a mess. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a church of 1,100 people. 75% are single, under 30 years oh, old. Oh, wow. Uh, and they don't understand anything about this. Like, how is all this possible? Mm-hmm. And and they're they're having a big mess, big financial mess, big big mess. Everything's a mess. And they come to me and say, "Hey, would you would you uh, step up into senior pastor of the church?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, "No, um, I'm I'm a business guy. Uh, no, I can't do that." And they said, "Well, we've been listening to your teaching, mm-hmm. and I thought you said you go ask God." <laughs> oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay, all right. So uh, okay, so Linda, go and ask the Father, and we'll get into this as we talk about what does that look like. And 
he said, yes, I, I want you to do this. Uh, and then you tell him you'll be a part-timer. Mm-hmm. You can do it this way. You'll spend three weeks here and one week in Colorado. Uh, you'll still have business. It'll be less. And your income's going to drop dramatically. Don't worry. I'll take. I'll make it up to you later. Right. Um, uh, but, yeah, I want you to do it. And, by the way, I'll, I'll tell you how to do it. Okay. So, so we say yes. And so our first Sunday... Um, uh, uh, you know, there's a service, and we do the service. And because it was such a mess, and the way this guy operated, they had 35 staff. Mm. Um, and the, the body of the Christ did nothing. The, the, all those guys did it. And, and, Interesting. and by the way, they never went to the office. They never followed up on phone calls. They never oh. did. Uh, they just were running a country club. Right. Um, and I said, well, that's going to change. Um, everybody got to show up and we're going to get together. And so we get together um, and I said, I'm going to teach you the word mm-hmm. and then we're going to learn how to pray. Um, so um, they come and they, you know, they weren't happy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't want to have to meet. Um, well, if you're, you're going to be responsible for the body of Christ, you are. <laughs> you know, so, and if you don't want to, I said, it's okay to leave. It's fine. Uh, by the way, some of them did. Uh, so they, they gather, and we have this big room. Uh, and I said, let's, let's go ahead and pray. I said, why don't we go just go around the room and everybody prays? Okay. So they do. Um, and everybody did what I just talked about is, mm-hmm. God, would you? Um, and everybody basically prayed, God, would you? Okay. Um, I then met with them individually over the next two weeks. And mm-hmm. I said, on Monday... Uh, and I have a good memory, so I could say, you prayed, God, would you do this? Right. And Rich is being modest when he says, I have a good memory. His memory is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, I said, uh, you know, yep, I prayed that. I said, Did you, do you expect God to answer that prayer? And the answer almost universally was probably, eh, probably yeah. not. Um. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. I said, well, why do you doubt it? Well, because it hasn't usually happened in the past. Right. And I said, well, then why do you even bother? Well, we're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you really don't understand it because you've said, God, would you? But um, you haven't understood what it means to be in communion with God because you're looking, you think you're God. And you're asking the God of the universe to take care and bless your plan Mm -hmm. and do you or don't you. And I said, when he doesn't, by the way, does that alter your plan? Not really. Um, Mm. I guess I just got to figure it out differently. So um, as we're setting this up, um, it's that we're trying to explain something. So, uh, Kathy, if you'd read uh, James uh, 4, uh, 1 to 4, and then there are two statements in there that, that he talks about prayer. It says... Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Yeah. Um, That's a loaded statement. <laughs> yes. So um, he makes two statements here. He says, you you have not 
Because first of all, what don't you do? You don't ask. Well, you don't even ask. Actually, you mm-hmm. don't even ask. Why? Well, because you've recognized eh, not much happens. Why mm-hmm. bother? Uh, you know, Christians know where I'm supposed to pray. Um, and they'll they'll do it in a group. Uh, will mm-hmm. they do it privately? Maybe not. Um, they'll do it at, at meals. But it's right. just, you know, bless the food in the name of Christ. Uh, but he says you don't have because, first of all, you don't ask at all. Mm-hmm. You're not even asking me. Right. Okay. Secondly, yeah, some of you are asking me. But mm-hmm. you don't have because you ask how. And you, what's the word there he uses? It says because you ask amiss. Amiss. Okay. So <laughs> think of the simplicity of that word. If you ask amiss, what, what does that mean? You're asking the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> You've missed <laughs> something about the asking. Right. You think. Now, if you ask amiss, you think you're asking correctly. Mm-hmm. He says, actually, you're not, which is why you ask amiss. Because, by the way, when right. you recognize, and this is what happens, is generally I ask amiss. I don't really see stuff happen, and I stop mm-hmm. asking. He said, you right. go from one to the other, and ultimately you get nothing. He said, interesting enough, and this is what's so interesting about the statement, is you have actually become a friend of the world. Mm. And if you're a friend of the world, you're at enmity against who? Against God. Okay, now, <laughs> um, how do you become? He, he just told us, how do we become a friend mm-hmm. of the world? Well, we don't ask. Mm-hmm. And, we, and when we do ask, we ask amiss, which means I'm operating in the way the world operates. Right. And if I'm operating in the way the you know, he's, he's describing, you're, you, you have mm-hmm. a thought of prayer, but you're operating the way the world operates, and it's asking amiss, and your friendship with the world is because you're operating the way the world is, and you thought mm-hmm. it's okay. Right. When you do and that, often out of the selfish desires, truly. Well, that's what he says. It's yeah. driven by your selfish desires, and you want, you want, you want. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so he says, if you're a, a friendship with the world, is enmity against who? Against God. Okay. Now think about think about how simple that is. Mm-hmm. I'm asking God to do something. Who is my enemy? Mm. Uh, how well is that going to work out for you? That's not going to go so well. <laughs> um, so he's you're actually working against God. So And that's the whole point, mm-hmm. is that actually the way that I pray is working against having God fulfill his life for me because he's actually mm. at enmity against me. And because of that, I can't deliver it. Right. Um, because I'm asking the way the world is thinking and not what I would have you do. Okay, so if that if we start to recognize that and say, and this is where I believe most people would at least say, I kind of get this. Mm-hmm. You know, has a lot happened as you prayed? Not really. Right. Well, because you're at enmity against God. What th- what would you think if you say I don't want to be there? What then would be the right question? Well, how am I going to learn how to pray? Mm-hmm. I got to learn this because evidently I don't know how. Right. And God says, yeah, exactly. And I don't want to be at enmity against God. <laughs> I really don't. And guess what? I really would like God to answer prayers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like you don't want to. Mm-hmm. It just says you've moved to a place where God can't. 
Right. And you not only can't, but you're at enmity against him, and you're fighting against what he wants, and there's something i got to learn about this. Mm-hmm. So we're going to spend this whole course, uh, and I really urge everybody to stay with this because this will change your whole life. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've talked about, uh, and we're going to connect the dots with abiding, discerning God's will, the covenant, overcoming fear, worry, and anxiety. And we've talked indirectly about these things, but we're going to get really specific now. Well, mm-hmm. exactly what the heck is prayer? How do I understand it? And then how mm-hmm. do I live that out? Since And, and again, he does, he does say something. Prayer is the connectivity between yeah. you in the physical to me in the spiritual. Mm-hmm. There is, and, and that's in why, its purest sense, prayer is intimacy with God. It is intimacy with God. It is intimacy with God. Yeah. That is where we foster that relationship. Yeah. And that's why we labeled this uh, course, uh, Prayer Connecting to the Life of the Spirit, mm-hmm. which is God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I want to connect to that life for me to experience that life. And he says, yes, prayer is critical to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got to understand that. So uh, we will. And so we will pick this up uh, tomorrow and start getting into the depth of, well, what is it and what isn't it? And, and right. how do we learn it? Uh, it'll really be fun, I think, each, each to go each day to say, wow, look at that. Yeah, uh, I'm super some, excited yeah. for this because I think so many people sit in in either non-existent or extremely stale prayer life, right. and they don't realize the beauty of what it can be and what God intended it to be. That's right. um, not a genie in a bottle, but truly a relationship where we get to listen and hear the voice of God. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, so it's really incredible. I'm excited for it. Yep. All right, we will uh, pick this up tomorrow, so come on back, and uh, we will start this great journey together. Great. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.